the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your favorite Toronto sports teams from south of the Canadian border. Here's your host, Adam Corsair. You know, I don't know what's worse. The fact that there's seemingly no end to this pandemic or the fact that the Bulls are trying to steal RGM. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadium scene.tv network and part of the Overtime Media crew. And it has been so long. Feels like so long since we've talked Raptors. And uh, I'm here for it. And also here for it is Ryan Grossman of LaceSports.ca and part of the HQ, Raptors HQ. What's up, Ryan? How are you doing? Part, I mean, uh, I... I, uh, contributor, I'll say. You're part of it, like. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Y- your name's on the board, so you're part of it. I'm on the board. Yeah. You're on the board. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. How are yeah. you? Uh, hanging in there, man. Hanging yeah. in there, trying to survive. You know. It's, um, yeah, it's just the lack of sports is just. I think it's, it's. I know it's not really good to say because of everything that's going on in the world and. Let it out, man. Yeah, we have to preface everything by saying that, you know, sports are <laughs> secondary. Yeah, but it just, you know, it's just a huge part of my life that's missing right now. Right, right. It wasn't, were playoffs supposed to start, like, shortly? I would imagine so. We're in April now. Yeah, usually, like, mid-April. Yeah, I'm, looking, should, I'm yeah. looking at the schedule, actually, uh, exactly a week from today. We are recording this uh, April the 8th, Wednesday evening. Uh, a week from today was the last game for the Raptors. So a week from today, they would be losing the, the first game of the playoffs? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. It would be the final <laughs> regular season game, which yeah, also... season game, then, then the first loss of the playoffs. Would of course. Yeah. Right after. <laughs> it's, uh, it was the second Second-ish. night of, the back, of a back-to-back, so we, we probably would have lost that game, too, if we're being honest. Yeah, it was just... It's, it's, it's like a drug. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like a big part of like what makes me kind of happy and sad kind of just going from game to game just something to look for look forward to well you know i i gotta say that i'm envious of everyone up in canada because you guys have access to um the the rebroadcasting of the playoff games even though you know league pass is now free for everyone for the next couple days unless it ended i don't know um I, i admit i haven't been taking advantage as much as i should have but uh, if it's, it is still available, I can still watch the playoff games. But watching it as a rebroadcast, I'm sure, yeah. brings a little bit of a magic back to it. What did you say? Yeah, just something, at least having something every night to, to look forward to. But obviously, you know the ending, so it's not as good. But kind of the first time around, you're pretty much pulling out your hair and, like, you know, <laughs> biting your nails off. So this time around, it's like, oh, you know you're going to win this one, you're going to lose this one. But in the end, yeah, they're going to win. So... It's, there's, but there's not, you know, but that's also what makes sports so good that you don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, yeah, so. and you know, I don't know how many times I've ever really rewatched a game, um, yeah. and paid much attention to it. Like, put it this way: if I'm going to re- rewatch a game, it's to take notes, like look for specific plays and look for specific sequences. But if it's just to like relax and watch another game that has previously aired, maybe besides uh, the championship game itself or the shot, but otherwise. Um, I don't think I've ever done it. So like, it's an interesting yeah, sort of dynamic. Here. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that so many people up north uh, are watching. And I think that the shot game uh, set another record for broadcast uh, viewership. I think, if I remember correctly, which is uh, amazing. 
probably more people watching than like the first time than actually <laughs> <laughs> when it was actually uh, for real the first time because I remember seeing the numbers after like the the whole playoffs were over like how they they jumped from series to series like Orlando series nobody was watching then oh there's something going on here and then all of a sudden people started watching the Philadelphia series it's like oh they won that one too yeah and then like the, the Bucks series like shot up in viewership I think because the Leafs were also up at that point so there was nothing else to watch unless you're a Jays fan. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and obviously the finals, huge amount of – everyone was watching that one. Is, you know, not that this is a Leafs podcast, but are they doing anything in terms of rebroadcasting or is it strictly just like Raptors and sometimes Blue Jays? I think I've seen some they're, – they're putting – they're also doing – yeah, they're doing Blue Jay games, but I saw they're doing some old Leaf games too, but okay. obviously those, <laughs> those don't hold much meaning to, to either of us. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Well – yeah. Uh, outside of you know the limitations we have in the sports world, uh, how are you holding up during this pandemic? I, I understand like people in up north. Uh, I don't want to say that you guys are on lockdown because I it, correct me if I'm wrong. Like yes, there's a maybe there's a stay at home order, but it's fairly loose. I would imagine like you can go get food still and whatnot necessities. Um, how yeah, you, they, they, yeah. They say like yeah, just go out if you need to you know, for groceries, but otherwise, or like to, you know, walk around, but otherwise stay indoors, keep away, keep the, you know, the six feet mm. uh, away thing, wash your hands for 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Right. For 20 seconds, yeah. all that, all that stuff that I think, you know, there's no, like you have to wear a mask or, or like they're chaining you to your place, but yeah, there's still like a lot of those, a lot of those, uh, suggestions are in place, but they, they actually, um, I can't remember where I read this. Like, you're not allowed to be with someone you don't live with. Mm. <laughs> so, so if you're caught like walking side by side within six feet of someone who doesn't have the same residence as you, apparently you can get fined for that. Wow. Okay. So, like, in <laughs> it, it varies from state to state here in the United States. Um, I know a lot of Midwestern states aren't taking this nearly as seriously as um, they ought to, and I think I reiterated that on a previous show, but. Um, for the sake of, yeah, exactly. I think, I think even Georgia is, it might not be Georgia. I don't want to, I don't want to miss you know, uh, misinterpret anything or, you know, give a state some, uh, some shit they don't deserve. But I want to say it was Georgia that was like, Hey, we're going to open things back up. Kind of like jaws. Like, Hey, we're going to open the beaches back up. Like, yeah. And and someone's yeah. Yeah. And someone's going to get, don't do it. Yeah. Like waving their arms. Basically. And, uh, here in Rhode Island, it's, um, it's legit, man. Like our governor is pretty much holding it down, and I give her a lot of respect. She doesn't get nearly as much praise as she ought to, but um, right now it's it's five people or more is banned. So if you're caught with five people, literally you can be fined. Um, and that's with it, outside of living conditions, right? So if you live with yeah. five or six people, well, then that's that's just the way it is. You can't really change that. But um, if you're having gatherings or dinner parties or anything, and like a cop drives by and sees a bunch of cars outside parked in front of the house or whatever, they can literally knock on the door and find you and break it up. Literally. I'm just picturing them like smashing the door down they could. with a battering ram. They wouldn't, but like they have, <laughs> they have the authority now to, it's getting crazy here in Rhode Island. We're pretty much, we're being very, um, uh, stringent and almost militant yeah. about it. It's, it's kind of scary. Like we were the first state to be like, Yo, uh, any New York license plates that cross our state line into Rhode Island, you are getting pulled over, and we're gonna find out what the fuck you're doing. 
Oh wow. Yeah, it's 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 legit. Like, cause I guess New York is the hot spot right now. Yeah. So they get like a police escort back the other way. Yes. <laughs> like, if you're staying here, you are under mandatory quarantine for 14 days. If you are just working here, we expect you to see you back at a certain time later on in the day. Like, it's crazy. So they're they're pretty much keeping it on lockdown. Rhode Island is such a small state that um, everything's still being compacted and. The numbers are relatively low. I think we, I say only, I I mean, no disrespect to anybody that has passed away or the families of those that have passed away, but I think we only have 35 deaths in Rhode Island. So it's relatively low compared to the rest of the United States. Right. So, yeah, I mean, for me, like, (laughs) I think I've been pretty much practicing for this my whole life like keep, keeping Same. your distance from people yeah. <laughs> yeah stay away from large crowds okay yeah <laughs> wash your hands yep yep triple check so like yeah this for me is like i think several weeks went by before i realized there was actually a pandemic going on <laughs> <laughs> not really but but close so. <laughs> well in any event uh now more than ever it, it's very important for everybody to to keep the positivity going, keep um, you know the the positive thoughts going. Keep busy if you guys can, like move around, get some exercise in if you can, or start a project that you guys have been thinking about doing and you've been holding off. Now is the perfect time to do so, especially if you're in quarantine. Uh, and also, it it helps to you know represent and support small businesses or even local businesses or both. And you can do that with us here on the podcast if you can, and I imagine that you can if you're. If you haven't subscribed already, I encourage you to do so. We are still continuing to do Toronto Raptors coverage throughout this pandemic as much as we can. Uh, we are giving you at least weekly coverage uh, for a brief moment. This one's going to be a little longer than the than last week, but we're going to give you coverage as to where the NBA stands as a result of the pandemic and what their plans are to do moving forward on a weekly basis. We'll be doing that. As well as some other Toronto Raptors funds things we've been done. We've been doing watch alongs. Today we're doing a, a Mount Rushmore. There's plenty to talk about. There's plenty to do. Um, so if you haven't subscribed yet, please do. And while you're there, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us five stars and a quick review. It helps us out a bunch. Now more than ever, it helps us out a bunch. Keeps the lights on for us, keeps us rolling, keeps the engine oiled up and ready to go. So I appreciate it if you can give just a little bit of your time to do that. Uh, but as mentioned today, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about... Um, Speaking of keeping busy, before, before we go on, yeah, uh, keeping busy, it's, uh, I'm just wondering how many, how many Corona babies do you think are going to be the result? Coronials? Of this? How many? No, Corona babies. Yeah, Coronials. Of, like you got millennials? Is there already a term for it? Oh yeah, Coronials, man. You got the uh, millennials and then you got the Coronials. I was thinking like Gen C or something. Could. You could. Gen Corona. But yeah, uh, I like I like, uh, I like I like that one. Yeah. I, I imagine quite a bit. I imagine quite a bit of babies are gonna be made because of the time. We'll find out, I guess, nine months from now. So what is that? Like nine months from now would be December. So around December, January, we'll find out how many babies were born. I'm sure there's gonna be quite a bit of a boom. But uh yeah, keep busy, guys. Even if that means making a baby, keep busy. Do what you gotta do and uh be responsible with it. But um, we're gonna we're going to talk a whole lot about what's going on in the NBA as well as what's going on with your Toronto Raptors, even during a pandemic. We're going to take a quick break first. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
All right, so when it comes to the coronavirus, the latest news regarding the creative measures to play out the remainder of the season or jump straight into the playoffs is that the NBA and the NBPA are discussing rapid COVID blood tests that could detect the virus within 15 minutes. Now, from a personal standpoint, from personal experience, I'm somewhat familiar with these tests as the state of Rhode Island was the first of the two states in the United States to offer them to citizens, the other being Georgia. Um, last Friday, it was sort of up in the air as Brian Windhorst of uh, ESPN reported that the league was still angling to shut down the season in its entirety. But now that these tests have been developed and approached as an option, there's sort of a sense of optimism. It would put the season on a neutral site. I think Las Vegas is the destination. The issue is that the league has yet to find a way to mitigate the, the draft and draft eligible players. But that's sort of an afterthought when it comes to finishing off the season. So chop it up, man. How's this going to work? Where are you when it comes to the chances of resuming the NBA season? Do you think it's going to happen or probably not? Where are you at? First of all, I like the progression of Windhorse. Like he's been saying for weeks, <laughs> look to China, look to China. They're about to start the league up again. They're a good example. And then like, I'm like all the time. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And then like, oh, China's, China's uh, back to, you know, uh, postponing their, te- their season. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so I mean, I'm, I've been hearing all these this speculation, and to me, like right now, to be honest, I just don't care. <laughs> until, <laughs> until I hear the words, we're starting the season, and I see a schedule, Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Because they're just, right now, it's all speculation and proposals, and maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that. But it's like, it's just nonsense right now, and it's just getting people's hopes up, you know, that, that there's actually going to be a season, when realistically, it looks like there won't. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be... <laughs> huge pessimist here but like you're talking about moving entire like even if the playoffs even if you just do the playoffs that's what eight teams yeah well 16 16 right eight from each league so eight uh, west and east so then that's 16 teams with all their staff and all their and all the broadcasters and all that stuff and putting them in quarantine for like three months or two months it's impossible. Uh, even with yeah, even with testing, it's just yeah, I don't know. Well, you're also um, running the risk of the availability of those tests, right? So I imagine that yeah. if if the NBA players are going to be, uh, let's just say for the sake of argument, they try this and try to bubble off the NBA and its uh, staff as best as possible. Um, I don't see that as practical. I don't see even see that as realistic. But let's just say for the sake of argument, they are able to do this. Um, sure. How are you, I imagine they're going to be tested every day, right? Because it's a neutral site. We're talking 16 teams, right? So games are going to be going on all day. It's kind of like a, a rec basketball camp that games are just going to be one after the other. Because if it's going to be at the same site. Yeah, I'm I think le- they have like, there's two arenas, I think. Yeah. Maybe more. There's like two right next to each other. I think maybe there's a third one. But yeah, they'd probably be like treated like summer league where there's just games going on all the, on all the time. They would have to, right? And. Yeah. It's almost impossible to isolate these individuals fully from the quote yeah. unquote outside world, like beyond the bubble. And from like, their families and stuff. Everything, <laughs> everything. And, you know, yeah. I mentioned this on a previous show, like think about just the, the practicality of the, the staff and the arena staff and the broadcast crew and all that, like the referees, all of it. Like there are just so many bodies within one space. And we're here in the United States. Obviously, I'm here in the United States, rather, where this would be held. Right now, the, the guidelines are 10, 10 people, max, max, under a federal level, 10. 
Um, I don't see that increasing anytime soon. I really don't. Like right now, no. the the tip of the peak is estimated. Okay, like obviously there's there's no exact science to this, but it's estimated to be late April, right? And even at that point, once the peak hits and you go into a decline, it's not like the decline is going to be so sharp that we're going to be like, all right, back to fifty people. It's going to be like a gradual increase and increase, and this probably won't subside fully in terms of like, I don't know, maybe a good 50 to 100 people, probably like July, August, I'm thinking. And it was the world, yeah, the world, sorry, go on. No, nah, it's just, I, I just don't see it as practical. I was just going to belabor the point a little bit more, so go ahead. <laughs> no, no, go on. I mean, like no one's, there's not going to be a point where everyone's like, oh, zero cases in the world. We can start the league now. Like there's right. never going to be. And like you said, there's not going to just like go from, you know, five people to whatever, 60 people, 100 people that fast. It's going to be, and, and you know, will, and will the players even want to do this? You know, that's another question. Right. Will the players want to like sequester themselves from their families and whatever for two or three months? Uh, like the, do you hear about the MLB proposals? There, there's, there's in Arizona. Stuff out of them yeah. Too. Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. And like, no one even mentioned, I didn't hear anyone mentioning the minor league system. Yeah, sure. Right. You have the, even if you could find a way to make all the major league system work for whatever, four months, what about the minor leagues? Like this, right. this will be more than anything relies on the minor league systems for, you know, development for arms going back and forth, injuries. You're going to have like a roster of 40 people and just like watch them fall off one by one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like survivors. It's like, that's what I'm saying. Like until I hear we're starting the season tomorrow, this is how we're doing it. Here's the schedule. I don't want to hear it. To make matters worse, too, um, I, I retweeted this. I don't know how much validity this is, as I don't reside in South Korea. But apparently, allegedly, I should say, uh, there are individuals that have uh, gone through the recovery process of COVID nineteen in South Korea that are now being uh, reinfected. In other words, they tested positive, then they came back, they went through the process yeah, after the two weeks, yeah, t it tested negative, and then oh, got it again. So, like, this is seemingly one of the first viruses. This is how novel this is, right? This is one of the first viruses ever that you're able to be reinfected. Because, like, a, a, a normal virus, I say normal sort of, like, loosely here, but a normal virus, your body builds up antibodies and, and antiviral uh, yeah, mechanisms so you don't get the same virus twice. Well, this, it, may, it may have mutated then. Yeah. You can get the same, not the exact same one, but you can get like a strain of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, if that's the case, then... Yeah, it's never ending. Yeah, this is going to be, uh, until there's a vaccine. And exactly. even then, so we got to wait. We got to wait until that's foolproof against all yeah. the mutations and strains and whatnot. So like, this is this is dangerous stuff. And to think that Look, I get it. I get it that people miss sports and I get that this is near and dear to everyone that's listening. Like they're Raptors. It's, you know, important to them and I get it. But safety first, man. Like imagine Fred Van Vliet getting it, come home and then hands it off to his two kids. It's terrible. It's terrible. You don't want that. Like, and this is just one individual with two kids. Think about all the NBA players with kids, right? It's, there's a lot. There's a lot of NBA players with kids, a lot of coaches with kids that you're going to isolate them from their family. It's just not practical. Yeah, there's also a lot of NBA players with parents and grandparents. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's, it, it's one of those things that I get it, we miss it, and it's, it's somewhat something that you know, we want to have to, to turn off the, the bullshit of the day. 
and to look forward to something. But I just don't see how this is practical. And and moreover, I think waiting till 2021 is probably the correct call, right? Or or late in the season until there's a vaccine developed. Because from yeah. what I understand, like, yes, they're trying to fast track it, which makes me a little weary in and of itself, but I'm down for anything at this point. But um, like, yeah, the only way to this is still st- stupid speculation like everyone's doing, but the only way to like limit the numbers is to limit the teams. So you can either do just the finals, where you take you take L.A. Uh, Lakers versus the um, Bucks, or you can do like the top two teams from each league, and you just do like you go you go right to the conference finals. I, I know that works out well for the Raptors, but <laughs> it just yeah. happens to be that way. So you take yeah. the top two teams, you do Eastern you do Eastern Western Conference finals, and then you do finals. Like that at least limits it to four teams. You're gonna at least narrow down the number of people you have to worry about. And but at the end of this, like this one that would actually have an asterisk, not like the stupid asterisk stupid people put on the Raptors last year. Right, right. This this one would actually have an asterisk attached to it because you would have to. This is not a true championship. Like if you want, this is the only way to have a resolution to the season, so to speak, is to have, you know, the best teams go at it. I guess. But do we but want it's that? Still not a fair. <laughs> you know, do we want that? Do we want? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be a fair like indication of the actual season or. Yeah, like <laughs> imagine being yeah. that team that walks into the championship knowing you're if you win, it's going to be contributed to an asterisk. Like I wouldn't want yeah. that. Like what? Are, what are we playing for at that point? It's just an exhibition game. Yeah, what are we doing? Yeah, how happy would you be afterwards knowing that it's like it's not a true title? Yeah, and then you can't really argue that it is right. Like as much as Raptors fans like want to defend last year's championship for good reason too. Don't get me wrong, I'm in that boat too. But like, imagine if the Raptors won this season and people are like, you, you didn't go through what was necessary to... to I would agree with them. Yes. <laughs> yes, you can't argue that. So it's kind of like a, a fun little tournament. It's not even the championship. It's just a tournament at that point. And it's a Final Four yeah. tournament. That's all it is. And it, it's in this three theoretical game that we're playing. But like, I, I just don't see it. And, you know, moreover, it's just, why do you want to just force it? Like, I feel like that's what yeah. sports are, franchises and leagues are trying to do is just force it. And to it's me... It's not even half measures. It's like, it's like quarter measures. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, you think about it right now. Think about how long it takes for people to get into game shape, into grooves, right? And how, hardly any teams jump right off the bat and are just like in midseason form. That's why they call it midseason form. Right, and you can look yeah. at all the Serge Ibaka workout videos that you want him running up and down his hallway and whatnot. <laughs> they're not in game shape. I don't care what anybody said. They've no. been sitting like they're probably all well rested, which is good for the for the strength and health of your roster. But you got to deal with a lot of other shit. Like, imagine if they go into the playoffs, right? And it's just the eight and eight. Let's just say for the sake of argument, is KD and Kyrie playing for the Nets? No, I don't. I don't see KD playing. Why? What if he's healthy? Kyrie may. Because it's, it's just more risk of injury of, of you know, starting to, to play, play, come back and just start playing again after not playing for a long time and jumping right into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. But like if he's fully that's, healthy. That's a huge, another risk of injury. So they, they could go, go out another year. Then that's not going to want that. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, all right. So we'll put him aside. Let's talk about Kyrie then. Like Kyrie was declared out for the season. Well, he's a possibility. But like. At least he, at least he played somewhat this season <laughs> see i don't know like if they do bring it back and any player i feel that was declared out for this season should be ineligible to play because you already declared out for the season 
I mean, it's it's hard to, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. To, you know what I mean? To judge. I mean, there's no like. Obviously, this is a new thing, so there's no like rules in the CB. There's no rules anywhere that says that. You know. Right. <laughs> just, right. But like these I mean, are the... out for the season, given that the season would take his natural course. <laughs> yes. Yes, and that's probably the <laughs> argument that him and his representation would give. But still. This is, these are the small intricacies that no one's thinking about that could legitimately sway one direction or another. Like, for instance, if the Nets, which they are, in the playoff position right now, and you only do a, a Final Four, as you're proposing, and Kyrie's healthy, you can make the argument that, like, hey, man, like, we could have made it that far had there been a oh, regular, yeah, so you know? Yeah, that's the whole, why I'm saying why this wouldn't be a true champion. Because right. Right. It, it wasn't not everyone finished the season. It wasn't even a balanced schedule. Some people had a like a harder schedule to begin with and the easier one at the end that they didn't get get those like gimme games, you know? Right. Right. They didn't get to play maybe they didn't get to play the Cavs or you know any of those pushover teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or that like I said our final game against Orlando. You don't you never know what could have happened or or the fact that like uh Giannis was hurt when yeah. the season ended, like who knows? The Raptors could have gained some ground. I'm not saying it's likely, but who knows? We you never know. No, you know, you don't know. It's with him out for extended time, it's a possibility. Right, right. And, and Simmons was out, Simmons was out with the back thing. They yep. they could have dropped even further from six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like maybe Clay is on his way back to help. Not that the Warriors are getting back in it, but those games at the end that the Warriors yeah. were playing could have swayed something in the West. We don't know. Like these are the things that you don't know, and all it takes is one. Like going back to the the risk of infection or reinfection, all it takes is one. Yeah. It took one player. Yeah, and then then it's gonna stop again. <laughs> That's it. And then what do you do? Like you already made the nuclear option. You already pulled the trigger, sort of. Like you you gave room, wiggle room for a return of the season, but like you were the first league to put a halt to everything. You were the first entity, pretty much, to put a halt to everything. And as a result of NBA doing that, everything else followed suit. Literally everything followed suit. Um, well, it's just because they're they're the first player to. If what if the NHL was a, had the first player test positive, then the, they would have been the ones who canceled the season. Like their hand was forced. Wasn't there a soccer player that tested before Rudy Gobert, though? I guess in North America, I don't know. Yeah, maybe I think there was, but I'm not sure. Yeah, like, yeah. But it all it takes is one. All it takes is one, and that's yeah. Rudy Gobert was the one, which. Uh, you know, like, it, I find that curious because, you know, this is me being a little conspiratorial, but, you know, Rudy Gobert played against the Raptors, and that's where he touched all the microphones and whatnot. A couple of games before he played, or days rather, before he played the Celtics, right? And Marcus Smart also tested positive. I know yeah, it's a chicken. So who's the first? Who's the first? Who <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Like, how do we know that Marcus Smart didn't give it to Rudy Gobert? Marcus Smart was the first. I'm not trying to make accusations here. It doesn't matter yeah. at this point. But like these, yeah, are... it doesn't really matter. But like, we don't know who infected who. <laughs> right, right. And it you're asymptomatic for so long that you could be going through like the entire first or two rounds of the playoffs that we're proposing, and then come the championship game, someone gets deathly ill. Like say a Kyle Lowry, God forbid, or Pascal Siakam, if we make it to the championship of this tournament and they're out, like, then what? Like, what do we do? Like, what are we doing? Like, to me, this just sounds like so quirky and so unofficial that yeah, there's, I, no, yeah. there's no way. I just don't see. There's it. no Corona list. Like, there's no injury Corona <laughs> list. <laughs> You're uh, out for 14 days. I mean, like, I I understand. Like, it fucked up a lot of people's fantasy 
players and I mean fantasy leagues rather and it fucked up people's pools and I know like there are ripple effects of all this like sports betting is obviously getting destroyed well, right now and whatnot. Well, if you want to talk about who's getting screwed, it's Fred Van Vliet who's yes who, who bet on himself, who like worked his way up, signed this two-year contract to become a free agent now. And like I think I think what they're going to do is keep the cap where it is and do like a cap smoothing thing where the so it's not a sudden drop. So mm-hmm. it may not affect them that much if they keep the cap where it is. But if the cap like lowers like crazy, he's going to get screwed. <laughs> I mean, they're losing a lot a lot of revenue. And not only like the the controversy from the preseason with China, that was already going to make things yeah. a little worse for wear. Now with this it's like they're big. They're they're dipping into executives' pockets right now to pay salaries and whatnot, and as they, I feel like as they should, but still, like this is this is getting. You no, know, they're gonna uh, have to give up their fourth home or their third yacht or whatever. Yeah, yeah, God forbid, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I uh, third yacht. Yeah, no, can't have that. Um, so <laughs> I guess the the consensus between you and I is we just like I know like you are just waiting for the for the announcement either way, but when it comes to like examining this. I just don't see it as a possibility. Yeah, I don't either. And that's why every time I hear something, oh, we'll just do this or that, it's like, okay, sure. But you haven't really thought this out. And and like, just come to me when you actually have something for real. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, that, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, they're just forcing it at that point and just... Yeah, like the uh, 2K tournament yeah. for me is just like... <laughs> and like this horse thing. I'm not watching, dude. I'm not. Yeah, but... I haven't watched any of the 2K. I saw some clips, the 2K thing, just like on Twitter some quick clips mostly just like patrick beverly just so i can hear him trash talk but that's yeah. pretty much it yeah yeah it's <laughs> just he's, he's the king of trash talk but if i want to watch video games i'll play them myself like exactly. you know like I, I don't care like it's it's not making the game any more or less enjoyable it's just whatever at that point but you know it does like leave this void like i i, I you know on the plus side i I do find myself having a lot more time to do stuff <laughs> like i'm not like at night i'm just like oh i gotta I got to sit down and wait for this game. Like, no, I got the night free. I can do whatever. Like, I can binge watch Tiger King again, I guess. <laughs> like, I just have so much free time in my hand, which is great. But, like, I do still miss it. But it's not worth putting, you know, the, the players and the family of players at risk just so I can be entertained for a, for a playoffs. Like, I'm sorry. Like, it's, it's always human life and human well-being over entertainment and I, I'm sorry if people don't agree with that, but that's just my stance on this, and I imagine it's the same for you. Well, I've I've heard the argument like people are getting upset now because people because they're talking about this. They're talking about like getting the NBA or MLB back up and running. But I've heard the argument where it's yeah, why wouldn't a business want to get back to business? So in that sense, I understand. Right, right. But like that business involves like so many people interacting with each other and you know yeah <laughs> easily spreading the virus just pay attention to the ripple effects because once you examine that there are other people involved in this not just the roster and the coach uh, yeah. of each respective team when it comes to like you know training staff, training staff refs, everything, everything. <laughs> crew camera crew everything like it, it does does take its toll so i think they're gonna adam silver's not an idiot like, for me, he's probably today the best GM out of all the four major sports out there. So I, I think that he will make the right decision. I hope he does, and I trust his judgment, but I just don't see an end to this anytime soon. So, uh, Speaking of horror, the horrors, did you hear But I just saw like a thing from ESPN before we came on here that they actually have three players now for a horse. 
I saw that they were going to yeah. have like a former player. Is Zach Levine one of them? Yeah, that, okay. and that's funny because when they first mentioned having horse, I'm like, first I'm like, this is horse shit. <laughs> and then, and then, no, actually, pun intended. Yes, pun yeah. Intended. And then I'm like, you know who would be perfect? I'm like, Zach Levine, just because he's he's athletic and he can also shoot because, you know, horse involves kind of crazy shots, but not just jump shots, but like mm. around the rim shot. Hopefully, mm. hopefully they'll actually do that and not just, it won't just be like a three-point contest. Right. But um the other two guys are Trey Young and Chris Paul, so that tells me it is going to be a shooting contest. <laughs> yeah, they, they're not dunking. Like Zach Levine can probably put on a nice dunk show, but they're not going to match that. Maybe Chris yeah, Paul will try, but you know Trey Young's not. Gonna even match like that. crazy three sixty up and under layups or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Levine could do that, but those like I don't Chris. I don't know. I actually Chris Paul did dunk in the in the in the uh, All Star game. Yeah, so, yeah. He still has some pops. But, so he could try, but, but like Trey yeah. Young's not getting up there. He's just not. Like, let's be it, real. Yeah, it's still for me. This just speaks of desperation <laughs> from the from the NBA. This horse competition. Well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed and hope that they make the right choice for all the parties involved. Um, they will. Uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope so. And if you miss sports that much and you want to watch 2K players playing 2K, by all means, like I, it's not my cup of tea. It's not or me, but if that's what gets you, you, uh, you going in terms of your, the absence of sports, by all means, enjoy it. And same thing with the horse thing. I'm not going to make that appointment watching television. It's just not for me. But again, if that's what, you know, what's your whistle, go for it. But, um, <laughs> all right, we're going to, we're going to take our second break. We'll be right back. We want to talk about Bobby Webster and this, uh, Chicago Bulls link or lack thereof. Hang tight. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, first it's Masai with New York. And now we got to worry about Bobby Webster with Chicago, maybe. Uh, if Kevin Kacheri of Pick and Pod is listening to this, I'm sure he's loving it, but I got bad news for you, bro. I just don't see this happening. So let's set the landscape here. There's a rumor being floated around that the Chicago Bulls have intentions of pursuing Raptors GM Bobby Webster. The details are a bit scarce, but from what Woj has reported, it's a top executive position with full authority on basketball decisions, which to me sounds like a lot like a presidential position or a vice presidential position and not merely a GM position. The current GM right now is Gar Foreman. So Webster and Ujiri's current deal expires at the end of the 2020-2021 season. And according to Michael Grange, the Raptors are very unlikely to grant permission for Webster mm -hmm. to interview for the position. Former Atlanta Hawks GM Wes Wilcox interviewed for the position today, as well as Ryan Colangelo. So there's there's your level of desperation <laughs> from the Chicago Bulls. So chop it up, man. You don't you don't really see this happening, do you? Um, yeah, I, I heard that too about like that the Raptors likely won't be offering or won't be letting him speak to the Bulls, which makes like total sense given that yeah, the we don't know what's happening with your jury. He's not locked up, so. You don't want to see your your understudy kind of go out the door if your your star you know might be leaving. Right. So I could see them even even if it is a, an upward like usually it's like it's an unwritten rule or you like if it's moving up like you like the organization won't step in your, stand in your way. But like 
Yeah, it's still not entirely clear if it is a president role. Like you said, you've, you described it, it kind of sounds like a president role, but it could still be a GM because Garpax is still very much still there, mm-hmm. I've heard. Mm-hmm. Like they're not, they're, they're removing them both from like the GM. I don't even know what their roles were. Uh, GM Garforman and, and, and VP. And Pac, what was Paxson's role? I don't I think, know. I think it was uh, a VP role. I don't know if it was yeah. the presidential so, role. So. They're, they're still around, so we don't even know if it's like total authority. Well, they they um, advertise it as total authority. Yeah. Yeah. But either way, like just because I think because of your jury's kind of up in the air in terms of he's, if he's coming back or not, you don't want to see Webster go too. So I don't see them giving like permission. But no. like you can't you can't really get mad at the Bulls. Like they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like they're they're doing what the Knicks have should have been doing for the last like ten years is going to another organization that's doing well and then plucking a guy from there. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes too it makes too much sense, I guess, for the Knicks to do something like that. But you know. <laughs> right. And look, I I guess I was more upset with the uh, suggestion that the Knicks were trying to pursue Masai Ujiri only because like obviously yeah. we, we understand the importance and the impact Masai Ujiri has had on this on this team. Like it's it's pretty much single handedly transformed this team. Um, but I, I will say that when it comes to the moves that have been made, Bobby Webster certainly isn't someone that's just chilling on the sidelines. Like he does have a lot to do with these moves and it's not all Masai Ujiri. And I do feel like that's not really something that's talked about enough. Um, I, it's, yeah. I'm guilty of it for sure. Yeah. When every time we say Ujiri, this Ujiri, that we, we do actually mean Webster as well. And there are also their other, like Dan Tolzman, there are other guys, it's a collective thing but you know the, the guy at the top always gets the credit when you when you start like because it's too hard to name everyone right i mean you can you say you can say the raptors front office if you want to kind of include everyone but usually we just say you jury because he's the final decision maker and you know he's he's the guy who's kind of orchestrating this thing but yeah. uh yeah, yeah like the i'm gonna say yeah that, but i mean it's, it's obviously like the knicks because the Knicks, like they they also have like an attitude towards him, like oh yeah, we're getting him. You right, know, it's right. more of like the Bulls don't seem that way. It's like oh, we want to talk to him more. Like the Knicks is like yeah, he's gonna be ours. You know, <laughs> it's an entitlement that, kind of thing. Yeah, entitlement exactly. That's yeah. that's what I have issue with. So I don't really have issue with the Bulls wanting to talk to uh, Webster, and, and that's the sign of that you've made it as like an organization. Like the Spurs have been pillaged for twenty years. Like you can you can look around the league right now. Probably a third of the league has either coached or been like an executive with the Spurs. Some relation, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, yeah, you know it. It does. It, it calling back to like the Ujiri Webster relationship. You could sort of liken it to or compare it to like the Shapiro Atkins relationship. Although I do think Atkins get a, gets a little bit more credit for moves made or blame. They got they got Shackins though. They got they got yeah. Nice, there's a nice marriage nice, there. Yeah, yeah, but like. <laughs> You know, when there's a shitty move, and there's been a lot by the Blue Jays, um, Atkins does get some heat, right? And obviously, there haven't been a lot of bad moves, if any, really. Like, maybe you can say Damari Carroll, maybe. But um, when it comes to the Raptors, but Webster doesn't really get credit or blame. Like, he's just sort of in the background. And maybe that's how he likes it. Maybe. I don't know. But, you know, everybody likes being promoted. Right, everybody likes getting another a higher position somewhere else. Like no one just wants to be sure. lateral all the time, right? So it wouldn't surprise me if he's interested in this type of position. I don't think that's beyond the realm of comprehension or even possibility. 
I think that anybody that's in a GM role would love to be in a quote-unquote presidential role, especially with full authority, if that's what's really going on here. But for the sake of like, you know, what we're talking about with COVID, what we're talking about with the, the state of the season, and given the fact that he has one year left on his deal, I think those lend more credence to why the Raptors aren't going to allow this interview more so than they really desperately want to hold on to him. I just don't think the timing is right. Yeah, exactly. And as you mentioned, he is, he's been heavily involved. Like he was heavily involved in the Leonard deal like mm. that started with him. Cause I, I don't know if you know the story, but like he apparently knew one of the executives on the Spurs and like they were kind of talking with each other about this and that's how it started. Really? So he was, and like, yeah, it was, and uh, Ujiri was in like Africa at this point. He was doing his giant save Africa thing. So like, I'm pretty sure that Webster was kind of the point man on, on the whole Leonard thing. Obviously, Ujiri was, you know, involved in every step as well, but Webster was the one that kind of got started. So there you go, right? And, and that shows the value of someone like Bobby Webster can bring. And like, obviously, as you, you know, sort of already touched on, if Masai does decide to like go on to greener pastures and the only uh, other benefit of being with another team, I think, would be an ownership claim. Um, I don't think he's just going to make another lateral move to be a president of another organization. No. Um, I think that if they promised him or even gave him some sort of ownership claim, I think that's the only thing that would entice you, Jerry, to leave. Um, or maybe being insulted by an offer, but I don't see Tannenbaum doing that at all. I think that they'll be, they'll, <laughs> they'll come correct with that, given the, how deep yeah, they're low blow. <laughs> right, right. You don't want to do that now to you, Jerry. But, you know, when it comes to, to Webster, if he, if he wants to make a lateral move, uh, I just don't see it happening. If Ujiri does leave, um, this position that Ujiri has right now could be primed and ready for Webster, right? And that might not cost as much as keeping Ujiri if Ujiri decides to leave. So I, I, I think they're trying to play the long game here when it comes to keeping Webster. Like if Ujiri does stay, he seems like a pretty loyal guy that he'll be like, what's going on with Bobby? Like you should give him a raise or giving him a, a, an elevated position within the realms, like maybe VP of basketball operations. I don't know. I'm just shooting shit out of my ass here. But, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like now is the appropriate time to make this type of move. No, and there, and if it, if it is now, I mean, they might wait. They would maybe ask for compensation like they did with Jeff Weltman when he went to yeah. Magic and we somehow got a, a second-round pick out of it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just not obviously a good time with everything up in the air. Well, we'll see. It, it's just like at this point, if if you're interviewing Brian Colangelo, my guess is the Raptors already said, eh, no, nah, you might want to look elsewhere. Like, I, I don't even see this on the radar anymore, and there's a reason why. Like, all these interviews have happened today, and again, today being Wednesday. Um, I got a bunch of tweets from Shams and Woj, like the alerts, rather. They're not texting me directly, obviously, but I got these alerts from them <laughs> saying, not, no, 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 I'm not. <laughs> not I'm, plugged in like that? No, I'm not in with them. Not yet. I'll give me a couple more days, but you know, being in isolation, right. those things can do that. You can make new friends. But like when it comes, so I, heard, I heard they were going after the uh, the Miami assistant, assistant GM Adam Simon. I think his name is. Were they as well? He was, he was one of the names as well. So it's just like, yeah, you look at the organizations around the league, like Miami and Raptors. The ones they're kind of taken over now for the Spurs in terms of kind of developing talent and finding talent. So mm-hmm. you go there and you look for the next guy, the second guy, and you go after him. That's that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I can't hate on it, right? And obviously, you you want to better your organization as much as you can. So, um, 
Yeah, I, I just don't see it happening. So if Raptors fans, if you're worried about it, don't like, and you're probably not, right? right? It, it, this I know sports news like comes at a premium right now, so this has probably been on the <laughs> minds of people, but like it's not. I'm more wor- put it this way. I'm more worried about Ujiri going to the Knicks than Webster going to the Bulls, and I'm not at all worried about Ujiri going to the Knicks. So like, there's yeah, there's, I'm not worried about either. <laughs> yeah, there's the level of concern that I have for this, but you know, as I just said, we're thirsty for sports news and. Anything that has to do with the Raptors, I'm sure. kind of like, oh man, this is something to talk about. So we're uh, we're wetting the whistle here, but let let's shift gears here. This is something that you and I have talked about uh, a lot, and this is something that I know you've had uh, friendly debates uh, on Twitter regarding. It's comparing this season to last season, and right when it comes to the dynamics of these seasons, I think people use two terms interchangeably. I think they say what season is the best and that in terms, what they really mean is which one was more fun slash enjoyable. But when I say which season is the best, I'm saying like, which is the better team or which is the the better performance in a basketball sense? Not necessarily which one was more fun. Of course, it could be both. Like one team could fit both bills. But I think that distinction is important. So I kind of want to put this in your hands because this is something that you've talked about, as mentioned a lot on Twitter. Where do you stand with this? Like, I know last year you sort of put in a higher priority, but like, in what respect do you give that priority compared to this season? Well, I think I've I've heard, I don't know if yeah, I don't know if it's 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 best versus fun. Obviously, those are two different things. Just like when we talk about who's the greatest raptor versus who's the best raptors. Oh yeah, they're two different things. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, so the. I've been hearing all year. It's like because of all the you know all the comeback wins that they've had this year, the thirty point comeback, and the when they beat LA in Los Angeles with like nobody, with like missing three other guys, like yeah. all these games that they like they've won where they shouldn't have won. I think I've just seen people throughout the year mention that this is the most fun team that they've ever watched. Fun, like they use the word fun, mm-hmm. not necessarily the best or the best season per se, because obviously last season. I don't think anyone could debate last season was the best season in Raptors history. Right. But like the most fun team ever, people keep talking about this year as being the most fun team ever. Also, just like the ball movement, it's more of a team thing. Not, not, not people aren't like crapping on Leonard or anything. Because obviously if you have Leonard or a team, you're going to, you're going to give him the ball. Give but like the ball. Right. people are also talking about this year about how there's more of a ball movement. It's just not just dump it to Leonard and watch him do his thing. So people this year I'm hearing on Twitter that they find this season more fun than last season or this team is more fun than last year's team. And I, and, uh, and my response is Kawhi Leonard <laughs> <laughs> last year's team had Kawhi Leonard. And I mean, there, I have other arguments as well, but that's the main one. Like Kawhi fucking Leonard, mm. like every one of his like 60 plus playoff games was just a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just like, like we'll never see a player like him again. And I don't know if people were stressed out last year, but it's like, oh, he's only here for one year. Will he stay? Will he go? A lot of people talking about it last year, including you, I think, sometimes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you stay, if you go, there's, there was a lot of podcasts about that. I'm Hold just on. like, in fairness, who cares? In fairness, it was, it was one time. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I, I think I saw it come up on Twitter a few more times. Maybe like, once, like maybe. No, it wasn't, wasn't just, I think, yeah. You were probably the least. I'm not anyone. No, I'm kidding. No, for I, real, you, it was you almost every episode. My, you didn't bring him up. 
Yeah. Yes. So, and I'm like, don't, who cares if he's going to stay? He's going to go, just watch, just watch him. Just watch the season. Like, just take it in. Like, don't worry about next year. I think, I think you've mentioned this on the podcast before. Like that's, that's future Adam's problem. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so like the same thing, that's, that's future, future Raptors problem. Just watch the best player that ever played for Raptors. And like, so him also Danny green coming into, I mean, I may be biased. I have to say, because I, I, I was fans of both those guys before they were Raptors. Right. So I've been a Spurs fan since before I was a Raptors fan. So, so I've been, I followed both green and Leonard throughout their entire careers. So maybe I'm a little biased, but mm-hmm. like both those guys coming in and green with his, you know, his podcast and kind of getting guys on there to kind of speak more openly than you would, you know, for during a regular interview. Right. Uh, and him being green, being one of the best three point shooters we've ever had. And we've, and we've had a lot of good three point shooters, like just to, to watch him go get on fire, catch on fire. And uh, also, also like we also had the same like kind of resiliency that we had this year with, you know, not knowing day to day what lineup is going to be out there. Was Nick Nurse having to to juggle things, people in and out. That happened last year as well. I think people forget between like load management, injuries. There were a ton of injuries last year too. Not Other nearly trade, as much though. Not not as much as injuries, obviously. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I don't think the Raptors have seen many injuries this season as any other season. Right. But they still did have there were there were, there were injuries last year. Not for sure. And, and there were yeah, in the trade as well, the midseason trades where players were in and out, new players to put into lineup, juggling lineups. That all happened last year. So you kind of get the the best of kind of both seasons last year, if that's what everyone likes about this year. And then finally, uh the less stress. <laughs> there was no like, like last year, I think was the first team I I trusted to actually, like I actually had confidence in, like that they could actually win every game, and when they were ahead by twenty, that they wouldn't blow it. You know. Do you think then, when you walked into uh, to last season, right, and you walked into the playoff run, let, let's let's address the elephant in the room here because I think this is an important question now that it's already happened. Honestly, healthy KD. Healthy clay, are we beating the Warriors? Oh God, no. Okay, see that. <laughs> so I don't. I'm not. But this is nothing to do with the playoffs for me. How fun the season was last year. How fun the team was. It's nothing to do with the playoffs. I'm just talking about the, the just the regular season. Okay. Um. Yeah. Or the team in but, general. Yeah. But no, like no, they're not going to beat the healthy KD. Definitely not. Right. <laughs> right. No, I agree with you there. I I think that. When it, it's interesting because I sort of lean the other way. I think that last year, and I and I have to, I think last year, <laughs> given the fact that um, the whole he stay aspect, I understand, and you're right, it is a future me problem at the time, was a future me problem at the time, I should say, but it is still something that lingered, right? It is this sort of dark cloud that was either chasing us or was like there. Whether or not it was like a rainstorm People is another story. Yeah, I th- you're right. I didn't let it. You're right. You know, you're absolutely right. But it was still like a narrative that was talked about ad nauseum. And I think that Raptors fans, it's part of our, it's part of the collective DNA to sort of have this uh, inferiority complex as to, you know, abandonment issues. Yeah. Right. And like legitimizing the, the team and the organization and the city for the, for the most part. 
um, trying to legitim- it, legitimize it to the American media, right? And I think if Kawhi Leonard ended up staying, that would have been the ultimate, okay, we're legit. Like, it, not only did we win the championship, a superstar, perhaps the best player in the world, wanted to stay with us. And I think that's why this was such a hot-button issue and something that was hovering over the heads of a lot of fans. Um, you couldn't have scripted the playoffs any better. You couldn't have scripted all of the, the, the shot, all of it, all of it any better. Even from the time DeMar was traded all the way to the end, like, you couldn't have scripted it any better. Um, but for nope. me, yeah, there was something about there's something about this season that I consider it to be more fun. Now, I will agree with you that last season I think was the better season. Obviously, you can't trump a championship. You just can't. Like, I don't care what the Raptors end up doing for the remainder of the season if it, if it ends up happening, as we already discussed. But yeah, and again, I don't think anyone can debate last year was the the best season in Raptors history because it was right. Right. I don't think there's a debate there. I'm just saying last year's team was more fun. And I think last year's team, like, you know how we, we do the best versus greatest Raptor of all time distinction? I think yeah. last year was both. It was the best season and the greatest season in Raptors franchise history. But when it comes to this season, I just find it more enjoyable because the expectations for me were so low walking in. Right? And I feel like this team... So it's had, kind of like, it's like the house money, playing with the house money. Kind yeah, of. yeah. And like, I felt like the team and... It, for me, from the outside looking in, it was already a little bit legitimized. Legitimized, but when you have people around, um, fan bases around the Raptors saying like, "Oh, you can't do it without Kawhi and stuff," there's a certain vindication factor that I enjoy. And I Do think people that, say that I don't, I don't, I don't recall. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not not once. I'm just making it up. <laughs> Does Sam Mitchell say anything? Or no, know. never. No, 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 no. <laughs> not even Dennis Scott. I, it was weird. Um, but like, it's just, yeah. it's weird that. You know, when you walk into the season, especially Nick Nurse, right? You go to the summer league. He's like, no, people, these players still don't have it. Like, the bench still doesn't have it. And you're walking into game one being like, shit. Like, <laughs> this, team, this team might not be good. Like, because Nick Nurse doesn't have confidence in him. And he's, you know, he doesn't hold back. He doesn't pull any punches. Like, he's, he shoots from the hip. So you walk into the season with low expectations. And even that Pelicans game was sort of like a barn burner. Like, it was no gimme for the Raptors until the end, right? It was still relatively close. Um, I think that was just, like, coming off of that ceremony. It was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it might, play now? Yeah, <laughs> it like, might have been, like, just a little cool down and coming down from the, from the ceremony. But the fact that they have overcome adversity time and time again on the floor with this team, with depleted rosters, it made me feel a sense of pride for this team that they can... I don't care how much time is left on the clock. I don't care how much they're down by it. I believe that this team can win. I believe it. And they, they've made me believe it. Whereas last year, if the Raptor, if there's like 40 seconds left and the Raptors are down by 12, I'm thinking, game's over. Game's over. Like, it's okay. Like, we'll, we'll move on. We're the better team, but this game's over. I don't get that sense when it comes to this team this year. And I, I don't know what it is. I, I, Wait. Despite not having Kawhi Leonard, I feel way more confident in this team. I've wait this year. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'd say both years, but I feel like that started last year. Like, I feel like last year was the first time where, like, if they were up by twenty, I felt like they weren't going to blow the lead like they always do. Or if they went to overtime, like it used to be, like in the Casey days or any pretty much any any time before last year, it was like 
oh, overtime, game over. We're not yeah. going to win that one. Right. Just because they, they just never came through in the clash. And then last year was the first time where there's just Leonard's kind of calming presence and can, and like it kind of spilled out over everyone else where everyone was just kind of slot calmer. And I felt like every game they had a like legit, like, like they could win any game anytime. And whereas before I'm like, Oh, they're not they're going into like playing one of the top teams. I'm like, Oh, they're not going to win this game. But like they, they played golden state twice last year. I'm like, Oh, they could win both those games. No problem. Whereas the year before, the like DeRozan, the last year of DeRozan and, and Larry, I'm like, no, they're not gonna win it. They're not winning those games. Right. Right. So last year was the first year of like the first time I like I still felt that this year that they could win any game, but that it started for me last year. I don't disagree. I think last year was the starting point of the confidence. But given the fact that this team, like despite what people want to, you know, lend towards Pascal Siakam and I take nothing away from him, I don't think he's a superstar yet. I don't, I don't give him that mega superstar attribute quite yet because he's still a little unpolished. Like, he still has room no, he's, yeah, to be he's better. Yeah, he's far away from that. <laughs> yeah, so, like, they're doing, they're playing so well and overcoming adversity without a superstar. And to me, that is a little bit more impressive than them doing it last year with Kawhi because with Kawhi, you sort of expect it. With this year's team, like, something was unlocked. Something has become unlocked within them that, I think Kawhi rubbed off on them a little bit and, you know, maybe it was a parting gift, an intangible one when he left. But, like, there is something different about this Toronto Raptors squad uh, than previous years without Kawhi Leonard. And I think it has a lot to do with not only the confidence that they won a championship, yeah. not only the influence that Kawhi Leonard has left on this team, but also, like, Nick Nurse being in the fold and being the guy that's, like, being the, the main driver of the horse here. Kyle Lowry playing the leadership role, which he sort of took a backseat to last year. I still thought he was like the de facto captain, but let's be honest, as you already mentioned, Kawhi, you know, he was the guy on the floor. He was the general. So like for me, it's this season I feel is a lot more, maybe fun is the wrong word, but impressive in the sense that they've overcome adversity and they've exceeded expectations. Yeah, I agree with all that. And you mentioned the word pride. That's also kind of feeling pride for this team. It's like, yeah, you said we're not gonna we're not gonna make the playoffs or we're gonna be seven or eight seed. Yeah. yeah. We're we're showing you now. Yeah. It's kind of like shove it. Yeah, I get that. I I, I get all in the end they do they do have a different confidence this year and like which you can expect from winning the finals. You just have like you know have that championship pedigree. You've been to the you're the last team to win the last game. So there's there's something you said about that. I just yeah maybe I guess Defining fun isn't an easy thing to do. I just, for me, last year was just like, oh, we're getting, we're getting uh, maybe the best player in the league, and and Danny Green is, and Danny Green, yeah. And I'm like, holy shit, this is gonna be a great season, and it lived up to expectations too. And I get this year now that we're doing it without. I guess you you saw like Leonard last year more of like a cheat code almost, right? Kind of like, kind of that one year kind of mercenary, uh, and like this is now we don't have him. This is the kind of or the truer team. I don't know. But it's yeah, interesting. It's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it's it, There's no wrong answer, right? It's yeah, all, no. It's, it's obviously all how you feel is how you feel. Yeah. Just for me last year, there's, there's nothing, nothing's ever going to beat having two guys like that, uh, like especially Leonard <laughs> on, on the team, be able to watch, be able to watch him. Well, not every day because he sat out like 22 games, but right. most games, yeah. There is a sense that the wind came out of the sails, so. 
when Kawhi signed with the Clippers. Like, it, obviously, people are going to be disappointed, and I'm not saying that takes anything away from the championship yeah. win, but again, it does sort of, you anticipate of, okay, here we go again. People are going to talk shit. We have to defend our team again. Like, shields up, everybody. Let's go. Like, now, yes, we won the championship, but now we have to legitimize that championship. And I think that there's always a battle. It's the constant Sisyphus effect. That is how, like, that is my life as a Raptors fan, just constantly well, rolling the boulder up the hill and then rolling it back down when it doesn't reach the top. It's just constant battles. He left. He, he went to go home. Like, right, right. Like, if you went to New York, if you went to Boston, you went to, if you went to somewhere in a cold environment, in this, like, then I'm like, oh, what the hell are you doing? Like, what's wrong with us? We just, like, we had the perfect season, the perfect ending, and, like, you're... You're 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 leaving us to go to play for like, like a U.S. team that's you know in the same climate. Right. But he went home, so it's different. Like it's if it was any other team but the Clippers or the Lakers, which I never thought he was going to. Like uh, then I'd be like, oh, it's another. It's, now it's like another player leaving us. But like, he, the only reason he left was for, to go home. <laughs> it's very different. You're right, and and I, we as Raptors fans can understand that and sort of sympathize with that and be like hey we're like no hard feelings it's the narrative though like that narrative that we always have to battle as raptors fans like people do it all the time i don't really buy into it because i don't like trolls on twitter i just don't give them the time of the day really and when i do i kill them with kindness but when it comes to like other raptors fans on twitter you see them try to defend and legitimize the championship and the go-to insult now to raptors fans is you can't win it without Kawhi. And they were proving this year that they were at least on their way to doing it. And that, to me, is what makes this team a little bit more special, that they've legitimized our faith and our confidence in them by being the second seed when you had people counting them out of the playoffs in general. Like, so for me, that's what... Fun, enjoyable, yeah. like, these are all relative terms, but, like, for it, I guess it's just, special like... Special is a good word. <laughs> yeah, it is, like... A very, very special team. Like, I, by no means do I think it's the best Raptors team ever or even the greatest Raptors team ever, but this team this year is absolutely special. And it's, like, almost to the point, like, you, you'll never forget the championship team. You'll never forget that season. But as a consequence of that and as a ripple effect, you'll never forget this year either. And obviously with, you know, the coronavirus and whatnot, that completely, like, makes it stick to your mind even more because you're going to always remember this moment in world history but when it comes to the toronto raptors like just that in a vacuum this team was absolutely special agreed (laughs) all right all right um let's take a quick break i do want to touch on what's being broadcasted on television uh right now for you guys up in canada uh when it comes to this buck series hang tight we'll be right back this is the overtime podcast network All right, so as before we get into our Mount Rushmore, uh, I do want to sort of take a, a trip down memory lane and revisit this Buck series. So where are we right now on the broadcast in terms of the Buck? Are we in game three or is it over? Oh, no, it's, it's over right now. It's done. All right. Like right now, as as we talk, the, the second game of, of Golden, they're playing Golden State. Okay, game so, number two. So it's the finals right now. So let's let's yeah. let's let's <laughs> touch back on this uh, on this Buck series. So this is a series that I think Raptors fans can 
hold on to and say like there's a sense that we are the Lebronto to the Bucks, and I've made this comparison before, but still like we are still that thorn in the side of Milwaukee uh, to the point where I think they are still trying to battle that demon and every victory over us this past season uh, has been something that they've been cherishing and something that they've been hyping up. But uh, we ended up doing a late, uh, a late sweep in this series. And it, again, this may legitimize or even reinforce your argument that that team last year was a little bit more special. Talk to me about the meaning of the series and what it meant to you and what you, after maybe another re- viewing of it, what you noticed that, you know, sort of stuck out to you. Well, first of all, I don't understand how like anyone could watch the series and then, and then beginning of next season go, Oh yeah. Giannis is the better player. <laughs> then Kawhi. So just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what Sports Illustrated and uh, ESPN, I believe both of them had Giannis as number one, the number one player just before the season started. Right. I don't, I don't know how you can watch the series and, and say that. Like when Leonard was putting up Jordan numbers pretty much in the series in the entire playoffs. And also Giannis was stopped. <laughs> yeah. Leonard wasn't. Like they like the Raptors and, and Nurse found a way to stop Giannis and building the, the Giannis, Great Wall of Giannis or whatever you want to call it. But like Leonard couldn't be, no one could stop Leonard. And like as far as having holes in your game, you can see Giannis, you know, he, he's still working on his three and his mid, he doesn't have that kind of mid range game that, 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 uh, Leonard has. So I don't know how you could say, and, and they also, like, I also put up, I put LeBron like the start before the season started, I put LeBron, I had like Leonard LeBron and then Giannis as like kind of my top three. Yeah. I can see that. But, yeah. yeah. But that's just me. Um, but yeah, but the, the moments, um, I'd say the whole, the whole thing, um, yeah, being down to nothing. I remember at the time going, okay, this is over. At least we got here this far. You know, I don't know if you were like that too. It's just like, okay, well we had that crazy series against 76 years. We had the best moment in NBA history with a shot. Uh, okay. So we're going to, we're just going to lose this series. That's fine. <laughs> and, then, and then game three, game three came along and it's like, okay, they're, they just they just came off this like horrible loss where they lost by like 22 23 points 22 yeah yeah and then um what else so yeah they had they had um i think yeah Lowry, Lowry, both Lowry and Powell were fouling out right they fouled out prior to overtime the first overtime mm-hmm. Lowry was like 6 minutes i i didn't even remember it being that early 6 minutes to go in the fourth yeah. that's when Lowry fouled out and then Van Vliet was taking over. And at that point, it was, it was pre-Fred Sr. So it was still Fred, it was still dribble out the shot clock, you know. Get Jeremy Linen. <laughs> yeah. So then, and then Leonard play, was playing 50 plus minutes on one leg. If you remember in game three, he hurt his leg. Like, yeah. Hurt his leg in the Orlando series. Yeah. This time, I think he either re-injured it, but he was hobbling much more in this game than any other time yeah he came down awkwardly like in the first couple minutes so he had he was playing and then this was also the first game where he had he had a he had like the the number one assignment on, on Giannis. but we know yeah it wasn't just him it was, but he was like the number one guy in him so he had 50 plus minutes double overtime uh all these things stacked against them all the bucks had to do was win this one game and that's it the series is over maybe they win like maybe they beat golden state probably they just had to win this one game and the, and the Raptors managed to win. And this is something that never happens in like Raptors history. I, and like, 
after watching that shot bounce four times go in, I'm like, yeah. okay, anything's possible now. Right. <laughs> this team can win any game at any time. They win. They go into two overtimes with that yeah. game. And Kawhi Leonard, as you're saying, like hobbled, still is the leading scorer of that game. Still with 36 points. Like you look yeah. at every game with the exception of one game. One. Kawhi Leonard was the leading scorer in every single game except for one. And that one game, game four. And <laughs> yeah. the Raptors still won that game yeah. by 18 points. Like, it's so it, yeah. he just wasn't needed at that point. <laughs> like, you know, like. Well, the thing is, yeah, I remember in rewatching it too. I remember going into game four. I'm like, okay, the team is going to have to take this one. Yes. Because <laughs> Leonard just went 50 plus minutes on one leg. The team is, we're going to need team effort for this game four. Otherwise, we're not going to win. And we got the team effort. <laughs> You imagine that in a normal circumstance, Kawhi would have been load managed for two games after that yeah. double overtime game. But still, for like, sure. you know, it, it just shows how special that series was because I think it was um, after the, the second loss when they were like, What are you, where are you going with the next game? And he's like, yeah. Back to Toronto. <laughs> For game three. Yeah. yeah where and, do you go from here, Kawhi? Yeah. Well, going back to Toronto to play game three. Going back to <laughs> Toronto. And like behind the scenes, Nurse is like, all we got to do is win the next two. And then we can lose in Milwaukee and bring it back at home. And Kawhi said, no, fuck it. We're going to take all four. And well, like, that was, the, that was the finals. Oh, was it the finals? I thought it was the, yeah. the Buck series. All right. Well, you know, they, they split at home for the finals. He's like, and then Nurse is like, okay, we split at home. All we need to do is get one and then we can bring it back here. And that's when he said that. But pretty much same sentiment. Just, yeah, swept no, it. No bullshit kind of guy. Yeah. And it makes you like, you know, examining this, this series. I don't take anything away from it. It's always great to beat the number one seed when you're not the number one seed. And of course, going to the finals. But like in a, in a perfect world, if you could write it up, it's almost like you want those, the Philly series and the Buck series to be switched. Because like winning the Eastern Conference Finals on the bounce on the shot would have been so epic. <laughs> it would have been so fucking epic. Like that would have been the best. Like not to take anything away yeah. from that. Like it's probably as you mentioned, like one of if not the greatest moments in NBA playoff history. I I rank it. It's got to be like a top three moment. It has to be. Yeah, it's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 amazing. But like obviously, like it. If we're talking entirety of the playoffs, like I'll I'll always hold Jordan's quote unquote final shot near and dear to me right, because right. I remember watching the original, it. the original of the shot. Yes, yes, the the shot against Utah. But yeah. like this, if this was just flipped and they won the Eastern Conference Finals with that shot, this the whole city would have went ape shit. Like there there would there would have definitely been arrests. I know, like after they when they won the Eastern Conference Finals, like the, the streets were crazy and. The police said no one got arrested. Everyone was civil. Like, there would have been an arrest. <laughs> I feel like yeah, there would have been at least one. Yeah. It wasn't as climactic. I guess it was more anticlimactic to yeah. kind of winning in game six. But, but still, like, the improbability of being down two, where I think pretty much every, like, every media person on the game was probably already booking their flights to, right. like, Milwaukee <laughs> or something. Yeah, Because yeah. Milwaukee would have hosted game one. So I think everyone already had their, their flights booked. And all, yeah, all, all, all the Bucks had to do is win this, win this game three, and like the Raptors would have been already, they would, they would have been booking their flights to their vacation. They would have been down <laughs> uh, three games. So it would have been zero to three, and 
all the Bucks would have to do is win one more, and they've had at that point they would have had two more at home uh, after yeah, that game. So people, there was discussion, um, like who would be the on Twitter, like who would be the the hardest opponent for the Raptors, and like some people brought up the Heat because just because they beat the Raptors two nothing this season, like that has anything to do with anything. Maybe for like a first year, round. What's that? Maybe for a first round. Like I wouldn't want to face no, but like the Heat people are using round. using the regular season record against oh, the yeah. Raptors. Yeah, no. As indication, okay. The just to refresh, the Bucks went three and one against the Raptors last season, and they never lost more than two games all the entire season. Never one lost more than two games in a row. Bro, like <laughs> it, just remember remember the the Cleveland Lebronto team uh during the regular season where on national tv the, uh, in toronto the raptors beat them by like 18 points and then got slaughtered in the playoffs like the regular season doesn't yeah, mean anything nothing. yeah it means nothing and they, uh, they beat they beat the wizards in 2015 that season they beat them for nothing in the season series yes yeah oh man that was a stress <laughs> and then they got swept series. for nothing so yeah, yeah. so but like, yeah this uh um, good I was gonna say I have a I have a bunch of in my mind kind of a bunch of people or things to thank for this this win. Um, you can jump in anytime if you want. It's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a rant. No, no, no. I uh, I just the, think that this is this is one of the series that showed the resiliency in in how special Kawhi was for this team. As I mentioned, all but one game he was the leading scorer out of both teams out of both teams and. Still, in that 50-plus minute game he played, he only scored 36. You look at the other games, 31, 31, 35, 27. Like, it's not that far off. And you figure in about, I don't know, five quarters of play, because, you know, two overtimes is 10 minutes, um, 36 points within that time frame. Like, you would, you would think Kawhi would score a little bit more than an average for him. But uh, I, as you mentioned, like, being hobbled and being a little bit uh, injured might have, you know, swayed that in the other direction, but still the resiliency and the leadership qualities that he bring, that he brought rather to this yeah. team. And the shots he made, I just found myself laughing. Like he would make this ridiculous, just ridiculous shot fading away or just come up and pull up and shoot a three. Like it's nothing. I just find myself like, just like laughing at it. It's like, what the hell? This is crazy. It was the same but, way uh, in the all-star game too, this past year. Like I just remember watching that and being like, yeah, yeah, I miss this a lot. Yeah, and um, oh yeah, so there's I have a bunch of teams and people to thank for this. Go ahead. For first is the the Pelicans, for for trading Miritich to the to the Bucks instead of the Raptors. Do you remember when it, Raptors fans were really upset that we didn't get him? I was upset that we didn't get Miritich. Same. I, I didn't know Gasol was on the table, but same. He was. He was. Yeah. He was. He was a uh, Plan A. Yeah. Yeah. And we got Plan B, which was Gasol. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Forget about what Gasol brings. If you remember, I mean, it's fresh in my mind, but I just saw the, the uh, Bucks series. But he was, Miritich was horrible. He was bricking everything. Like the Raptors were going at him on defense every time. He was like, he was unplayable. <laughs> he was bad. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's like in Europe. Like he was, he's out of the league now. <laughs> I have the numbers if you want to know, especially from three. Uh, Miritich was shooting. Oh my God. From three in that series, he was 19%. <laughs> it's terrible. That's pre pre senior Freddie. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Percentage there. Yeah. Continue. 
And uh, okay, Boonholzer, he's the next one we got to thank for, for being a Casey, <laughs> Casey clone. Coach Bud wouldn't budge. It's true. So we have, we have, I'll set up for you that we have game six of the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, the series is on the line. The Bucks are up by five points going to the fourth quarter. So Boonholzer does what? He sits Giannis. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Giannis is on the bench. And that paved the way. Jesus. Yeah, it's it's just like it just screams Casey to me, just refusing to adjust his or you know adapt his game plan in any way. You know, like the the seven seconds or less book that about the the Nash's Phoenix Suns. Yeah, yeah. And so they someone should write a book about the uh, the Bucks called Thirty <laughs> Minutes Thirty Minutes or Less. But Boonholes are refusing to play Giannis more than thirty minutes a game. <laughs> what an idiot. And then and then when the when the uh, Van Vliet started hitting threes when he became senior and Powell started hitting threes, like he didn't adjust again. Like he, they have the bucks do this thing where they just like pack the paint and they don't, they don't, they don't bother with three point shots. Right. So once they started, Raptors started just killing them from threes. They didn't adjust. They just let him take them. So that happened. And then like the ultimate Casey move was again, Miritich. He, he started Miritich for like the first four games. It wasn't until game five where he's like, Oh, maybe, Maybe I should start that Brogdon guy. He's pretty good. Yeah, maybe he's bad. <laughs> maybe Miritich, like you traded yeah. for him, so you kind of got to justify it. But when the game's on the line, you got to move away. I think because Brogdon was still coming coming back from injury, so yes. he's working him in slowly. Yes. So, so you can't fully, you know, discredit him for that. But like by game, you know, three, you should, you should really start in Brogdon. So it took him till game, just like it took uh, Casey to like game three or four. Against the Bucks, to start JV. I'm um, to, to start Powell instead of JV. Yeah. <laughs> and you, then um. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Do you know what Fred Van Vliet shot from deep in that series? Probably fifty something percent. Fifty-seven percent. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Yeah. It wasn't. I think it was Game Four. Fred Van Vliet was born. Well, he Fred, had to. Fred he, Jr. Was born. he had to. Be. Fred Jr. was born, making Fred Senior born. <laughs> yeah, he had to be because Kyle was gone. So like he had no, he was going to great. Yeah, game three, game three. Kyle, um, Kyle was uh, followed out, so Fred had to step up. And I no, think that was the, game three was pre baby. Oh, was it? So it was game four. He, he only scored three points in game three. I remember that. All right, there you go. He scored he shot one three pointer, or he shot like one for eleven or something like that. Imagine shooting one uh, for 11 one game, and in the series, you still end up being 57%. Exactly. <laughs> That's how hot he got. He, he, he couldn't miss. After yeah. that baby was born. It said, yeah, Fred Jr. gave birth to Fred Sr., basically. That's true. <laughs> Very true. If you think about it. So next person to thank, you're going to like this one, Bledsoe. Ooh. For, for just being, for being his trash self in the playoffs. Over-aggressive. So basically, basically, yeah. Bledsoe is in the playoffs where people thought Larry, Larry was, basically. Choke, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Every perception there was of, of Larry is actually the truth for Bledsoe in the playoffs. Shot 29% from the field, 17% from deep, only 76% from the line, and he didn't even really average 30 minutes a game, just under. But still, like, that's pretty bad. And they just and they just like gave him money right before the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Him, Here's a contract. Yep. <laughs> we we don't want that Brogdon guy. For now. <laughs> so bad, so bad. 
And then finally, uh, Brooke Lopez, after game one, he was Brooke Lopez. I do. He was hitting everything from deep in game yeah, one. Everything. Yeah, that game from game one was close. He was he was a reason like they, for some reason they just couldn't stop him. He was he was on fire from three, but after that he was Brick Lopez. Yeah, he shot from three that game. It's actually not that bad. Well, I mean, thirty six percent. It's it's pretty good for a big man. But you, given how high he was in that game, I thought it would be a little bit more than that. But still, four for eleven from deep. Uh, they were just clutch threes, I guess, for game one. Yeah, he was he was a monster that game. But yeah, and and the the thing, yeah, that's all the people think. But the the thing I'll remember the most is the uh, the after game six, the, the Larry chance from the the fans. Yeah, yeah. Like when they were when they're getting the trophy, and like I, I've never I never heard the fans do a Larry chant before. Yeah, before that. Before, uh, yeah, you're right. Because everybody knew he deserved it, man. Everybody knew that he yeah, was think, the guy. Well, he was behind, I think he was behind DeRozan for whatever reason for like a long time in yeah. terms of, you know, fans kind of liking him. Because, you know, he, he can have a prickly personality sometimes. He's kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Sometimes he's like really nice and sometimes he's not. And, you know, but like, yeah, he he finally got the, the recognition he deserved. Come I just on. remember sending out, like, I never heard them shout his name before. <laughs> it's not like he was holding out this season or anything. Come on, what do you mean prickly guy? Come on. Right? Yeah, he wasn't going <laughs> to... Right? Right? He wasn't uh, holding the team hostage. He wasn't <laughs> doing that. No, no, prickly guy. He is very, very understanding. I don't want to hate on him because we're going to get into our Mount Rushmore. So, <laughs> do is there anything else you want to touch on when it comes to the Bucks series? Well, just that... I think what people remember the most is that the game six dunk. Oh uh, yeah, Giannis, Leonard, and that, and how, yeah, and how Larry was actually a big. Other than he stole the ball first, he stole the ball from Middleton. Yep. to make the play happen, he shovels it to uh, Leonard in the paint, and then he pushes. And then he booties. He like kind of lightly, yep. yeah, yeah, pushes Giannis out of the way so like he can't really contest. <laughs> it was beautiful. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like Kyle Lowry pretty much was the architect of that play. And uh, it could have easily been a uh, an offensive foul just because of the push-off. But, yeah. like, it, he, it he so did it. It was so subtle. It just... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did it in such a way that he was, like, getting into stance. But really, he was moving him out of the way. That's Kyle Lowry all day. But yeah. you got to appreciate That's in a nutshell. That's, that's the things he does and nobody sees. The, yeah, the things you can't measure. Um, all right, so let's take our final break. When we come back after this, we'll uh, we'll hit up our Raptors Mount Rushmore. Hang tight. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, so you wrote an article for the HQ regarding uh, the Raptors Ra- Mount Rushmore, and you brought this to my attention that this is something that we should talk about. Um, I decided to write mine down before reading your article to see if our oh, cool. match. Uh, so three out of four of our figureheads <laughs> match, and I'm sure you know which one didn't match, but we'll save that one for last. Um, it's a bit of a curious pick, but you outlined it pretty pretty well in the article, so I, I just kind of wanted you to, to take the stage with that towards the end if in the event that no one has read that yet. So let's run through it, chop it up. Uh, 
one, two, and three of ours are all the same. I'm going to rank them. I imagine so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to rank them uh, by importance. The first being the most important to me, and then we'll go down the line. So for me, the number did, one... Did you have any... Wait, before you start, did you have any of the kind of... I kind of put regulations... Not regulations, but kind of like guideposts. Yes. I, I had like a couple of those just like... For me, it was you... You had to play at least five seasons. I know yeah. it's, it's a random number, but it's, it's a good number of seasons. Um, and you had to been contributed to the success of the team as opposed to just kind of being there. Mm. You know, the, the Pat McCaw, if you want to call it, <laughs> just kind yep. of being along for the ride. Yep. Uh, and then the third one, you kind of, when you think of the person, you think Raptors first. Like, that's the first team you think of. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of the three kind of guideposts, I guess, that I made for myself. But anyway, go ahead. But like I said, I made mine before reading, so I didn't follow those. Yeah, yeah. So, so. yeah no, I, no, no, one, no one has to follow. Those are the things I was following for myself. Those are kind of like the things I set out kind of as for myself is how I see this. Right, right. All right, so the, for the so first people, one. You know, yeah, people yeah. can say you only need two years or you don't need any years. It doesn't really matter, yeah. Right, right. Uh, obviously, Kyle Lowry is yeah. the number one. He's, he's <laughs> the greatest Raptor of all time for me. There's no de really Sorry, debate about right. it. Yeah, he's, he's the guy. Like, and I think in any sort of Mount Rushmore, no matter how you want to rank them, if you, anybody's Mount Rushmore does not include Kyle Lowry's, I'm sorry, I'm usually not like a, a dismissive person, but I automatically disqualify you from conversation. Kyle Lowry is yeah. most certainly yeah, he's, on this list. He's the no debate one. He has to be. He's the, yes. the goat raptor. So yes, yes. <laughs> um, I don't know how much more we really need to expand on that because I think everybody would agree Kyle Lowry would be number one. Number two for me is Demar Derozan. I, I don't know if you would rank that the same. I don't know if I like. I, I guess I put him in an order. I don't know if I was necessarily ranking them. Um, but I, if I was ranking them, I would. I wouldn't put Demar. Second, you'd put Vince I'd, second. I'd have, yeah. Yes, Vince would be my third. So why would Vince be over Demar? Um, I don't know, I, I wrote in the article like I don't. I've never. I was never a DeRozan fan. <laughs> it's like I, I could tell, kind of early on, the type of player he was going to be, and just he, he just to me, he didn't, it's hard to describe. He didn't have that that quality, that kind of killer instinct, that kind of ability to take over games. Um, and I knew he wasn't someone who could ever would ever lead the team to a championship he'd, he'd be he could be a part of it maybe as like the third guy second mm -hmm. guy but never the lead guy um so i was never a fan of his game as as a player i was always a fan of him as a person and it was hard it's hard to, to make a distinction there but um i couldn't ignore the fact that his contributions obviously playing nine seasons he's a leader in a lot of categories you know like points and games and stuff like that. Right. So he's obviously a major part of the organization. You cannot leave him off this mountain. <laughs> no matter how much I didn't like him as a player, I thought he, he contributed a lot. But obviously, when when the uh, you know when you really needed him, <laughs> he wasn't. He literally wasn't there. He got himself kicked out. The last game he ever played for the Raptors was him getting himself kicked out of the of the semifinals versus the Cavs. Yes. <laughs> so like he just. When we need him the most, he disappeared. Always. And it, yeah, yeah, for I, me, I just value the loyalty. Yeah, I, I even included that as a person, like as someone representing the Raptors. He's tops. He's one of the tops for me. Like, just yeah, his loyalty, his character, his kind of proud to be a Raptor and represent Toronto. 
and also his willingness to open up about his mental health struggles, which I, I've had some, I've dealt with some of my own in my past, so I've, I can sympathize with him. And that's, that's a big thing to find out that like pro athletes, you know, deal with the same things that you do. So it really speaks volumes about his character. So like as a person, I like them more as a player. Right. Yeah. But, but it, I think Vince did a lot more for the franchise. DeMar was one of those players for me that besides maybe Jonas didn't want to leave. That was homegrown. Like think about the homegrown talent that has come through and that has made a significant impact for the team. Like significant. Not just someone that was sort of average coming through. Like average being like, I don't know, a Terrence Ross. Someone that like, you know, you could take or leave, but like you kind of liked him. Sort of obligatory fanfare. But it wasn't like anything that like if he got traded away for something subpar or something less than, you'd be like, what the fuck? Like you just be like, ah, yeah, he's gone. This, that's the breaks, kid. For me, like DeMar DeRozan was one of those guys, and you can throw Jonas in this conversation too, that was, <laughs> I don't know, like he was home. Well, obviously when you get Kawhi Leonard in return for DeMar, or you get yeah. Gasol in return for Jonas, like that's an upgrade. So like you, you can justify it and be like, yeah, like we're getting better players. Right, but like if if you traded away Demar Derozan for like a, just a first round pick or something, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? Trade him for like a, a bag of balls or whatever, yeah, yeah. Like you, you'd be like, what but, the hell's going on? Like even though you can j- sort of swing it in the way of like, okay, maybe we're trying to rebuild or maybe we're trying to do something more for our organization's well, future. You know what I mean? Let me put it this way: it's it's going to be very blunt, but <laughs> for for me, the the three biggest impediments for them to to win uh, or even make it to the finals. It was Casey, it was JV, and it was Demar. Yeah, <laughs> those, were, those were the three for me. And somehow, uh, Jerry got managed to, to get rid of all of them and, and replace them with with better, <laughs> with better players and better coaches. Right, but like, it, what's crazy is all three of them didn't want to leave. Yeah, you know, and like True. you can but, you can eliminate Casey because whatever, it's a coach, whatever, like. I, I didn't, I didn't like him really. Loyalty for me only goes so far. Like I, my loyalty is to winning. Yeah, it's, I know. It's very cold. But you know, like calling, hard, yeah, calling back to the to the inferiority complex. There's something to be said about Raptors wanting that sense of Raptors fans rather wanting that sense of loyalty from their players, and then when you get it, yeah. it's sad to see them go. And all the things that Demar has done for the city and for the team, and still continues to do. Like, there's still, like, a needle thread aspect with him in Toronto in a way. Like, you see him shopping it up with uh, yeah, yeah. Raptors players I've on Instagram. The, yeah. Like, the IG, the IG lives, yeah. Yeah, like, you, you don't really see... I'd be surprised if you saw that with, like, Jimmy Butler and the Bulls players. Or Jimmy... Not that there's still a lot of them left when he played. But, like, Jimmy yeah. Butler's in the Sixers and stuff. You're not seeing that. Like I said, I still like him as, as a yeah. person. Yeah. Like I, like, I love the guy like that. Just as a player... I don't know if it's because, like, if you if you grew up, if you only knew, like, if you only knew DeRozan, like, if you didn't, if you don't watch kind of the rest of the league, or you haven't like grown up with the NBA, I don't. I'm not trying to put myself on a pedestal here, but like, I guess I was able to see kind of what a superstar was before I saw DeRozan, because I kind of, I was like a Spurs fan before I was a Raptors fan, so right, like the early right. '90s, right. And I and I saw Jordan, I saw Duncan, Kobe, I saw all these guys, and then I I looked at Demar. I'm like, mm, 
Not really. <laughs> not yet. Like it, it but wasn't. Like, but for yeah. people who only knew who Demar only knew this guy, and you look at him and go, "Yeah, this is our guy. This is the guy who's going to lead us to the promised land." But then, like I think the people started slowly realizing towards the end of his, even before he was traded, they started to realize, "Oh yeah, he kind of doesn't. Yeah, you know, the playoffs come around, he kind of nowhere to be found. And right. is he the guy?" So I saw I saw them start to question before he was like bulletproof. Like if you if you piss on them, like I once said something on, on Twitter about his, I don't know, his killer instinct or something. And I got so many t- tweets my way. So many, I never heard such harsh language before in my life. <laughs> it's crazy. The people were like, you calling me high and names and like, I'm like, whoa, geez, I hit a nerve. Yeah. But like, yeah, that's, that's the truth for me. He's just, he wasn't that guy. And while he was still here, while he was still the number one guy, we weren't going to win. For sure. For sure. And, but like, the reason why I put him ahead of Vince for me um, is because Vince wasn't that guy either. Like, I know he did a lot more for Canadian basketball as, like, you know, the, as a country leading the way to sort of, like, bring it to the forefront for that country, um, for your country. And, like, he was the first Raptors, like, superstar, right? Like, you can yep. say what you want about Damon. Like, I, sure, like, Mighty Mouse is fun, but, like... He was getting there, but he wasn't. He was only here for like three and a half years. Right. Like Vince was the guy. Like it, Vince inspired so many people, but like still, he also had his limitations. Let's not beat around the bush here. Like he wasn't. He didn't lead us to a finals either. You know. Almost, almost uh, Eastern Conference finals. No, almost. I mean obviously he has, he has his flaws too. There's no, there's no, other than Leonard, no perfect player, but like. Yeah, Carter. But Carter put the team on the map. It's not just about the whole Carter effect thing. Is he, he put the team on the map? He like right. he was the first player to like kind of legitimize the franchise in a way from from the dunk contest on. People started to kind of looking this way, I guess. Yeah, and Before it also that, it was just like there was just Barney jokes and yeah. purple dinosaurs and all that crafters, all that joke. Before he came along, and also he sort of like his departure set up that yeah. identity for Raptors fans. Like th- we finally well, had a no, heel. McGrady already left. Yes. And, and, uh, Sotomayor soured and got traded. So it was, it was already leading up to that. That was just like the, the culmination. It's like, Oh, this is, cause we never saw what, what McGrady could be. Like he was, he was still like, he wasn't McGrady yet at that point when he left. Right. Right. And you only saw potential, but this was like the first superstar. He was like, nah, I don't like being here anymore. I'm going to quit. Yes. Team. Yes, and let's not <laughs> let's not lie. Like the the Raptors management and front office could have done yeah. a lot better when it came to that situation. Blame to go around. Yes. Yes, but like whether we want to admit it or not, it's way more fun in sports when you have something to hate. Right? When you have a heel, it's way more fun. And like although this like still stings some people to this day and you know there there are a lot of people out there that want nothing to do with Vince Carter and don't want to sing his praises when it comes to what he's done for this team just because of his departure. If that's where anybody listening, you, Ryan, whatever, like that's where you land, that's totally fine. Like You're very much entitled to that, to that position, but let's not beat around the bush. That helped define the fan base in a way. Like That started the inferiority complex that we referenced. It was Vince Carter. It was like someone left us. Like The, the person left us. Right. And when you have that, and you have that sort of energy to, to, 
to invest in a heel, it sort of like mm -hmm. creates an us versus them mentality. And that's what the Raptors fan base is. It's an us versus them kind of thing. So like you can credit in a way Vince Carter's departure on defining this fan base even more than it was to, when he was here. I guess you can look at it like that. You know, obviously, they booed the crap. You're talking when they booed the crap out of him every time he came back for the yes. next like ten years until a point where they gave they people just seemed to forgive, and now they want him on the on the team. Bro, which bro is, which when is, I find funny, someone <laughs> drops 81 points on us and we celebrate it. Lynn Sanity goes off in Toronto, and everybody is cheering for him. These are players that don't play for our team. Kobe Bryant doesn't play for our team. Drops eighty one. Celebrated eighty one. It was, was like the most. For me, it's the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to a franchise. No, like today, like we're looking back at it and oh. be like, we're we're part of that history, right? Like, and when well, Lin's, no, I think I think there's context to that because sure, like sure, yes, yes, passing. But like with Linsanity, when that happened, like everybody in that arena was cheering. Everybody, everybody in the ACC was cheering. It's kind of like you're cheering for like a no hitter for the other the other team yeah it's like we're gonna lose i guess you might as well see some some crazy shit going on right <laughs> right but like that. that just speaks to the sort of the open-mindedness of raptors fans in certain situations but if, if vince carter at that time stepped foot in the acc yeah oh man <laughs> like, yeah I never, it's, it was crazy we're out for blood so like in a way like it, it does it did make it more of like an appointment viewing aspect like i'm sure what Yes, because of the the uh, the moment of insanity that was at that time. Sure, I'm sure people were tuned into that game, but no one was missing a game that Carter returned to the ACC. No one was missing that period. And it's in terms of, yeah, we ahead. hated him. We hated him. That's why. Yeah. And then and then forgave him. But yes, but yes. For, for me, it's 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 also like like Vancouver Grizzlies and Raptors were always compared because they came into the league at the same time, both mm -hmm. Canadian teams. One failed because they drafted crappy players like Big Country Reeves and you know whoever else, and they they tied their franchise to, the, to those guys, and and then we tied our franchise to Carter, and it ended up kind of who knows what would have happened if we didn't draft Carter, if we just kind of you know who knows who knows if we still have a team, that, probably we still have a team, we don't know, right? But like. Carter did like so much more, I think, for this team. That's why I think if I'm going to rank him ahead of Rosen, he did so much more. You know, long before he was he he left the team and kind of defined the fan base as you as you suggested. So moving on to our fourth and final figurehead. So again, like we may disagree with the order, but we got Kyle, Demar, Vince. You, if for you, it's Kyle, Vince, Demar. But for the fourth, yeah. again, before reading your article, putting this up. I think the obvious choice, not knowing the parameters that you set up, would have been Kawhi. And that's what I have. I have Kawhi. Obviously, because of all the things we've mentioned, like when we talked about the Bucks series, when we talked about well, you know, the, that whole aspect of him staying and what he did for this, this team bleeding over to this year, just there would be no championship without him. And that's what makes last year's team so special. And Kawhi was definitely the head of the horse. However, in your article... Like if, if, if you ask anybody, okay, we're not including Kawhi Leonard, who else are you going to put on there? People would, might say Chris Bosh, which I yeah. think, you know, makes, makes some sense at that point. Uh, you can have like Raptors faithful that like love, you know, certain segments of this team's fan uh, history. So you could probably may have Mo Pete 
on there. Like, I, it wouldn't surprise me if people have him on there. Like, obviously, Amir Johnson, Amir, right? Yeah. Even Jordan Kligman is going to hate me saying this, but even to a certain degree, Terrence Ross, if you want to put him on there, or if not, not no, probably no one. <laughs> Let's but not if, go there. Come if on. you want to flip it, you could you can put uh, you know, Valanciunas on there. Like, there are some lovable characters. Either. Yeah, like lovable characters that. <laughs> You know, or or even Nick Nurse, like if you want to like include him, if we're including non-players here, or Masai Ujiri, if we're gonna put. Yes, go I think someone in the comments said Masai Ujiri, but we're just talking talking players. Players. Here. So yeah. why don't you give me your your fourth figurehead about this and expand on it? Because it was an interesting read. So I had I did have Leonard in honorable mentions. Yes. As I said before, like one season for me wasn't enough to put him there, but I still had to consider him just because of all the things he said, of <laughs> everything he did. How can you not consider him, even if it was only one season? Right. But it was only one season. And I don't think I think he needed to be here. And also, another one of my sort of stipulations was, when you think of him, do you think of Raptors? Right. And for me, Carter does that. I still think he's a Raptor, even though he's played for like 17 other teams. I don't know. <laughs> Quite a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, DeMar does that for me. He's all, he'll always be a Raptor. Lowry, as well as Raptor. Alvin Williams. This is my fourth pick. Oof. When you think of Alvin Williams, you always think Raptor. And I don't know, like he was he was around in the Vince Carter era, so I don't know how many people kind of actually got to watch, to watch him play every game. But he was like, he was the pre-Lowry. He was that never take a possession off, kind of the Philly attitude, uh, kind of killer instinct of of like he'll play with both arms missing and one of his legs, like like he he played. There was one I think three season period where he only missed three games in three seasons, mm. or four games like that. He yeah. So for me, and he was also around during their first success, and he was part of their first success. The first time they made the playoffs, the first time they made it past the first round, and that he was part of the big part of that Philly series. Uh, against with the, the Carter shot that missed, mm-hmm. and he's also he has before this last playoffs he had the, one of the biggest shots in, in in Raptors history where he he basically clinched that Knicks game right. that actually got him onto the next round against the Phillies against the 76ers. 76ers, right? Yeah, and he he played uh, eight seasons, so I think he's he's kind of up there in terms of games played and seasons played. I think only like Lowry's played more seasons or. I think they both have eight seasons now. I think so, yeah. And he's he's he was also kind of huge assist guy, so he was kind of like, I'll get I'll get you yours before I get you mine. Kind of how Larry was last year in terms of, you know, being able to kind of feed everyone and being unselfish. So, yeah, for we can go into Bosch afterwards, but for me, he was he's the fourth guy. Yeah, I. <sighs> I don't hate it, and and it's not like this. It it didn't shock me when I read it. Well, I guess I did when I first saw it. I was like, really? I had a Bosch like, and and is it because Bosch like his much like Vince, but like not nearly to the he Bosch didn't reach the height of Vince. But is it because of his departure and how he left? Is that why you didn't include him? No, it's just Bosch. I actually see. As I see him more as, as a Heat, as a Miami Heat, than a Raptor when I think about him. Mm. And I know he started, he, he played pretty much, I think, equal amount of times for both. Um, but he, he won 
like I felt like the Raptors were just kind of a jumping off point for him. And like the Heat were his kind of true team and we, he had all his success. And, you know, people, including myself, have kind of kind of hated on Bosch just because they didn't win much. I think they made the playoffs three times in seven years yeah. while he was here. Mm. And they didn't make a pass the first round, obviously. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the team, the just bad drafting, bad <laughs> roster construction. Like Calderon was probably like the second best player for a lot of those years. It's just, yes, yes. those are horrible teams. You can't really put it all on Bosch. But then again, Bosch to me was kind of like DeRozan in a way where he was kind of like, he didn't have that. He wasn't the number one guy. I always said he'd be a perfect third or second guy. And then when he went to the, the Heat, I'm like, yeah, this is the perfect role for him. Right, right. Well, I don't think Williams is a bad pick. I, we can't include, in terms of your parameters, right, we can't include Davis because it was well, sort you, of like four I mean, and a can, half. Yeah, you can include him if you want. For me, I don't think he was here long enough or, or did enough. It was four and a half seasons, I think. Yeah, it was about that. Yeah. I also, like, I partially considered him, but I didn't think, yeah, and he's also not someone, I think of him as a pacer more than yeah. I do as a Raptor. I can see that. Yeah, I think it's a, it makes a lot of sense when you, when you outline it the way you did. It just, I, again, I'm not, I'm not at all criticizing the pick. It just sort of feels anticlimactic when you're just yeah, like, no, you know? It probably seems that way. Like, but if you're, if you're carving four people's heads on the Raptors' Mount Rushmore, you, I, I feel like each person should be like a rat. Like you think you look at them and go, yeah, Raptors. I, so it's another one of the big reasons why Leonard and, and Bosch didn't make it for me. If I'm not include, see, for me, my knee jerk reaction is to include JV ahead of Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I still feel Raptors. Like he is Raptors to me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that, that part definitely satisfied. But like in terms of contributing, I don't know. he, he was. I don't. I don't. I don't want to turn this into a sure, sure, yeah. a, a JV hating thing. I just. I didn't. I didn't think he was a winning player. No, for sure. I. I mean, like we did have quite a bit of playoff runs when it came to JV. We just obviously didn't make it as far as yeah, we would have wanted to. And the team gets better when when you have to go to the bench. Then yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, like you you consider the Indiana series and the Miami series, like. That for as short as it was, but the him versus Whiteside matchup was awesome. And then when Whiteside got hurt first, we were like, "Okay, JV's gonna feast." And literally, like two possessions later, he's gone. And like yeah. that's sort of like what brought it down for me. But I feel like during that time, that's when he was at his peak, and I was like, "Oh man!" Like, JV's but then they play the Cavs, and he's he's just getting run off the floor. Yeah, by he's every no single one of those Cavs bigs who could shoot threes and and move like Kevin Love and. But those are like those are historic teams. <laughs> like, yeah, you can't. You, yeah, he also. Yeah, I remember they're playing the Bucks. I think this was before he got benched. And um, what's his name? Thon Maker. Yeah, was just taking them. Thon Maker was like a rookie. He was playing like in Orangeville in Toronto. It's like north of Toronto. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's playing in some like league. Some I don't know where he where he was before they drafted him. So this guy was taking JV to school. Like it was it was disgusting. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't, and I think, didn't, um, oh, what's the dude's, uh, why is it escaping me? The, uh, Gortat. Gortat, like, they always remind me of, like, the same kind of player. Like, they are yeah. the Spider-Man meme, literally. <laughs> they are this, but, like, uh, I think Gortat was, 
I think he got the better. I can't remember that. I blacked out that that series, that 2015 series. <laughs> yeah, I remember the offensive goaltending when Gortat like pulled on the net to make the shot miss uh, or go in. I forget which one it was. But I just remember that series. It was a big topic of debate. And he was like the moving screen king. It was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, I just I, I think I'm leaning more towards putting JV there. Like I know he, he was very limited, but in terms of how I what I think but, of like, le, you know, long like ahead of rappers. Williams or actually on to the Mount Rushmore ahead of Williams. You don't mean- you Not, mean ahead of Williams. Okay. Yes, ahead of Williams. Okay. Like, no way am I putting him ahead of Kawhi. <laughs> like, just no way. But if we're following the guidelines of the amount of seasons and whether or not I instantly think Raptors, I, I tend to lean more JV than Williams. I think Williams contributed more to, to winning. Yes. Than yes. JV did. Yes, yes. But, like, when you... You could probably say Davis was the best big man that the Raptors had, but I think JV would be... Ah oh, no, because now you got Gasol and now you got Ibaka, so like obviously JV probably wouldn't fit the bill. Yeah, uh, well, everyone, the people, I don't know, everyone was split on JV. There's the JV hive, and there's people like me who absolutely hate him. Yeah, and there's people, there's people like Jordan who worship love him, but, him. Love him. <laughs> but like when he got traded for Gasol, they're like, and then they saw what Gasol could could do. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so this is what a this is what a good center. Could do and like and the people. If anyone says that they still would have won a championship if, with JV instead of Gasol, like no. I, like you said earlier, like you said earlier, I don't want to tell other people how to be what to think, but you're crazy. <laughs> would you say that JV was the best drafted center the Raptors ever had? Well, I mean, that's a it's not much to choose from there. <laughs> I know, I know, but like when you think of homegrown <laughs> talents. Like he's, I don't know. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like he is the best yeah. big man that they've ever drafted. Yeah, I, I think so. Off the top of my head, unless you include like in a way Pascal there because he has had some center minutes, but he's not a true center. So I would say no, the he's best. Not, you know, he's not a center. No, no. So the, I, <laughs> I think that counts for something, right? In a way, but not enough. Yeah, not enough. All right. He's just too slow. Played off the floor. He, he, uh, he's. He, he, for me, in my mind, he only does two things well: shoot free throws and set screens. That's about it. His his rebound is over always overstated because he misses so many shots that he gets his own rebound. Yes, so yes. he ends up like tipping, tipping, tipping like that. that game, game one, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tipped like five times. It didn't go in. I felt so bad. So, yeah, so that's how he gets all his, his offensive rebounds. Are like from him missing his own tips and catching. And he just he just can't he every time he went up for rebound, he went up with one arm. Like I'm like, just go up with two hands. It's not that hard. Yeah, and he had the pump fake that just no one was buying. Oh yeah. Yeah. Six pump fakes and one yeah. There's just <laughs> again, I don't want to go on No, I hear you. I hate I, rant about J V, but like he to me was like I said before, there was three detriments and he was one of them. He was one of the three things stopping them from winning. For sure. For sure. I, I just I think that when it comes to longstanding and like loyalty to the team, I take that into account. But when it comes to like X's and O's, obviously, like he, he probably doesn't fit the bill. But um, yeah, so, but to put so, a bow on yeah. it, um, so you got Kyle, Demar, Vince, and Alvin. I I think that's that's an interesting Mount Rushmore. I like it. Now, obviously, if we're not including players, I assume Masai Ujiri would be there over Alvin. 
might be there over Lowry. <laughs> well, sorry, sorry. If we're also no, not over Lowry, but like ahead of Lowry, but yeah, you'd be there over Albin, yeah. Yes, yeah. I I, I think it would be and Kyle. Said, like if Siakam, if Siakam kind of continues on this path. He he could kick out Alvin Williams in a couple of years. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. Even Fred, I think Fred could too. If he stays, if he stays, we'll see. That's but, uh, like, but uh, Siakam's a little bit ahead of in terms of making you know being the second guy on the on the playoff on the championship team and being a a start all star game starter. So he's a little bit of ahead of of uh, Van Vliet right now. For sure, for sure. I I, I don't discount that at all. But um, Calderon also as a as a uh, honorable mention. Chris Bosh, Leonard. Calderon and Siakam as honorable mentions. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I can see that for sure. But uh, all right, let's put a bow on this. We went just about two hours, and I hope that is a uh, that's a that's a decent amount of Raptors content for those that are missing it. I know I am, Ryan. I know you are as well. Uh, just a bit, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit. Um, but dude, you know the deal. Things don't change here when it comes to promoting your content. Like I said, you are. New to the HQ, so you can promote any and everything you got going on where people can find you on Twitter. The floor is yours, my man. Go for it. Yeah, so I'm, I guess, I don't know. I'm, it was my first story with Raptors HQ, I guess, contributor. I don't know. Team member. Uh, ho- yeah, hopefully <laughs> I'll be doing some more in the future as well. But yeah, if you can go there. Um, they also have lots of good content right now. So look at that. But also <laughs> read the Mount Rushmore one that I wrote and also my own site I have it's called it's lace.ca l-a-c-e-d uh sports.ca um and right now I, I wrote something quickly on the weekend just recapping the that improbable game three against the uh against the bucks mm-hmm. just how improbable that win was kind of all the things that were stacked against them so it's recent story up on there and uh, yeah, Twitter is at Ryan Grossman with one S. All the links to all of those uh, destinations will be in the description of the show. Highly encourage giving Ryan the follow. I know there's no sports going on, but if you want to bring up something abstract when it comes to sports, I'm sure he'll be more than happy to talk to you about it. Um, if you're looking for a content outside of the sports world, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that my wife and I started a, a new podcast together during this pandemic so we can have something to do while our daughter is napping. It's called While She's Napping. You can check that out if you want to see a different side of me, a little bit more of the personal side of me and how my wife operate into day-to-day life. It's a really fun thing that I'm doing. So subscribe to that podcast if you would like to know more about me. And uh, until next week, dude, thanks for hopping on. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk again. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.